And welcome to another Win Daily Show. Today, we did it. Nick, we did it. My name is Michael Raziel. I'm here with Nick Bratwish, and we are talking about the NFL Week 1 Sunday main slate. Nick, I, I need some excitement. Give it to me, man. How Dude, excited, uh, how happy are you? It's finally here. There's no chance I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Like I know the NFL season wasn't really postponed at all or delayed at all. It's just we didn't get preseason, so it seems like it, it obviously was such a longer wait than we've ever had. And with this, oh man, I'm I'm pumped. I don't know. Let's we could just it. we could do a whole podcast on words that excite me for mm-hmm. tomorrow. But mm-hmm. it's literally better than Christmas morning. There's no chance I'm going to sleep. I'll probably be tinkering with lineups all night and probably delete the Millionaire Maker winner like seven times and be like, oh, I did have that build, but I deleted it. Like classic excuses like that. But let's classic go. Classic sticks picks right there. Yes, <laughs> you can find him at stix. P-I-C-K-S. You can find me at Michael Raziel one Make sure to follow us at Win Daily Sports. And of course, go sign up at WinDailySports.com. You can get a free account. You can see a bunch of our articles. We have free stuff, especially for week one already. And this is the podcast, so you know that's always going to be free, baby. And we love it. And we're here to help. What we're going to be doing is we're going game by game. We're going to be breaking it down a little bit. We'll give you some of our favorite plays. We'll give you some cash. We'll give you some GBP flyers. But make sure to check in every single Sunday morning. 11 o'clock Eastern, right? 11 Eastern? Uh, yeah, 10 a.m. Central is uh, yeah, what most people go off of. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody. Everybody <laughs> in the country, right? 11 Eastern, check out. We will be doing a live stream, a mega live stream. Nick and the football crew will be over there this week. We have Nick and Ghost, if I'm not mistaken, going to be breaking down every single game, going way more in-depth than we are here. And we're still going to be going pretty damn in-depth here, so I'm very excited about it. So, Let's let's fire it off, man. Let's let's start with this Baltimore Cleveland game. We have Baltimore favored by seven and a half points. The game is in Baltimore. We have an implied total for Baltimore of twenty seven point five. The team the total for the game is forty seven point five. Now, Nick, we already did our betting show. We're going to do that every single Wednesday so you can get that podcast out nice and early so everyone can start making those bets. But talk to me a little bit about this game. Throw some game theory on me. How do you think it's going to go? This was a tough one. I know um, on the podcast earlier this week, we did like the under. I think it was 48 and a half at that time. So it looks like we had the sharp side there because it went down to 47 and a half. I mean, obviously, both these teams love to run. I think from a DFS perspective, like obviously Nick Chubb, no one's playing him. So he's good for DFS. I just don't like a DFS GPP. I don't know if this is the week for him, though. But he's going to be like two to three to four percent owned. Like that's Nick Chubb in what I believe is a top three running system in the NFL now with Stefanski there. So I'll definitely have some Nick Chubb. He's super cheap on drafting 6,500. Probably not going to get a lot of passing down work, so that uh, full point PPR on DraftKings obviously doesn't help him either. But no one's playing him. If this dude goes off like he did one time last year, uh, I think that first game he just went absolutely haywire. No one played him that day either because the same thing. They're like, oh, Baltimore's defense is so good. Sometimes – you know, a better offensive line, which they Cleveland has this year. Sometimes that's just going to win out. A good system is going to, in a talented player like Nick Chubb, they can put up a lot of points. I just don't see them playing up pace because obviously the best way to beat Lamar is to keep Lamar off the field, and they have the run game to do that. So it's going to be very interesting. I don't have a lean on either side of this spread. I did like the under 48 and a half, but what do you think about Mark Ingram? He's super cheap on DraftKings. I liked is J.K. Dobbins going to come in right away? Like after we saw Thursday's game, I know a lot of people out there that, you know, everybody was just kind of guessing what was going to happen. Like, oh, we'll probably see a lot of Darrell Williams and then, you know, kind of slowly work Clyde Edwards Flair. And the dude got 25 carries. So, like, 
with these running back, these rookie running backs, are they just going to come right in? Like, is Dobbins going to get a lot of work? It has to be Mark Ingram's job to start, though, right? Like, I, I'm just, I think, yeah, this, yeah. especially in the beginning, I mean, because you have a veteran like Mark Ingram, who is very proven in the league, right? Dude's been, I don't even know how long he's been in the league, and he was awesome last year. And did they really need J.K. Dobbins? No. Mark Ingram's on an incredibly team-friendly contract, especially for a running back. So I think he's fine there. But I think when it was reported the unofficial, official um, depth chart for the Ravens, Mark Ingram was one, and J.K. Dobbins was actually four, technically. Now Justice Hill is out. Gus Edwards, Rutgers legend. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he is, I mean, he was great last year too, but I think I don't, they have so many different places to go with carrying the ball. I'm always terrified of this backfield. And then you're going to have Lamar Jackson too. Yeah, so while, I, you know, he's going to, he's going to vulture the touchdowns. He's going to vulture. It's going to be some read options where he takes the ball and runs with it. So it's, it's a rush rushing attack that, you know, while I'm also afraid of the Nick Chubb, Kareem hunt split, I'm real curious how that works out. Now that Kareem hunt, I guess technically has a full off season, Real curious how the uh, the backfield in Baltimore is going to look as well. Yeah, I think, well, you made a good point about Baltimore. Mark Ingram's a proven veteran. Mm-hmm. Kansas City didn't have that situation. Yeah, exactly. The second Damian Williams walked out. So, yeah, it's not, not fair to compare the two systems. So, for me personally, I think the only guy I'm probably going to use is Nick Chubb. I won't have a lot of them, but I'll be over the field if it's going to be 4%. I'll probably, you know, do 10 to 12, maybe 15% Nick Chubb, just because I, I've talked about that offensive system all offseason long. I got to kind of back him a little bit. And then, obviously, Lamar Jackson, he's going to be the best play on the board every week at the quarterback position, not including price. His price is pretty low. I think we saw him get around to, the, like, the 9K range last year. So 8, 8.1K on DraftKings is pretty Ooh. cheap. He's at 9-4 over here on FanDuel. I think that's where he probably should be on DraftKings, too. DraftKings pricing is really light this week. Like, even McCaffrey is 10000 which is crazy high, but that's crazy low for what mm-hmm. he was last yeah. year. So we'll get to that. But Hollywood Brown Chalk Week. Like, what? It's yeah. He's 23% owned. I think that is – I'll talk about it more tomorrow when I really go into these matchups. But he's going to see a lot of Denzel Ward, who I think is one of the fastest corners in the NFL – Obviously, Hollywood Brown, his biggest asset is speed. So 23% Hollywood Brown seems like a very easy fade for me. If I'm using Lamar Jackson, I'm just going to use Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews absolutely tore up Cleveland last year um, as he pretty much tore up everybody when he was in those passing game scripts. So I think Hollywood Brown, for me, easiest fade on the board. If you want to play him, I did like even in cash, like I would usually like to eat that chalk, but he's not a cash player. He's never mm-hmm. a guy that's going to get 10 plus targets with a solid floor. So, yeah, I, I think I'm out on Marquise Brown, but no one's playing Jarvis Landry. No one's playing Odell Beckham. I think if you use a Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Andrews stack, obviously you could use Hollywood Brown too. I'm, I'm not seeing the future by any means. I'm just not interested in that ownership. I would definitely run it back with maybe Odell or Jarvis. I don't think both, but that's probably the only exposure I'm going to get to this game is maybe three players, and it's just going to be two Ravens and one Cleveland because I'm not ready to play Baker Mayfield just yet. Yeah, exactly. I'm 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 not too uh, not too keen on that. Just one last question on this game, and it's going to be a question all season. I think Kareem Hunt was signed to a two year deal, so he's now or ex- a two year extension. It sounds like he's going to be in Cleveland at least this year and then two more years, depending on you know how the contract works out. He might get cut a year early because that's how NFL contracts work. How do you, What do you think the workload is going to look like? We all know Stefanski wants to run the ball. You love that outside run zone scheme. You love, you love, you love it. That's what you've been talking about all season. Oh, yeah. So now you have two 
really, really good running backs. I mean, you could legitimately say you have two of the top eight running backs in the league on the same team. Kareem Hunt run a, won a rushing title. Let's not forget that, everybody. Yeah. He did some really crappy stuff, and that's why he then was kind of cast off to Cleveland. When they were both on the field last year, it looked great. Nick Chubb went absolutely ballistic. Kareem Hunt got enough points to make him fantasy relevant. How do you think the workload is going to be split? Do you think they're going to go with a hot hand, like and especially now with this new coaching staff? So I have the the rushing market shares as followed. I have sixty two percent of the carries going to Nick Chubb and twenty seven percent of the carries going to Kareem Hunt. Obviously, that leaves a little bit extra out there for you know maybe mm-hmm. if Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry run yeah. the jet sweep or two. Baker Mayfield scrambling, so I never want to project a team for 100% of running rushing attempts just by the running backs. So I, I think this is Nick Chubb's role, and Kareem Hunt's more of that change of pace. But, I mean, he's only 25, like you said, too. Mm-hmm. He's a really good running back. He's not just a little scat back pass catcher that this kind of offense has made him into. But, yeah, so, I mean, I got Nick Chubb projected for 71 yards. So like that's that. well over his prop, I believe, and Kareem Hunt for 31. So, it's just you can't not use Nick Chubb when you yeah. have him. So I think Kareem Hunt's just a good compliment to him. But if Nick Chubb ever went down, Kareem Hunt's in a wonderful oh, spot God, here yeah. to be this lead back. That that would be that would be terrifying. All right, what a uh, great way to start this off. Let's hop over to this Chicago Detroit game. I know this is kind of a place where you're you're trying to make some money this week. Uh, we now know that Kenny Galladay is out. So that is going to open up a lot of Marvin Jones ownership, I think. It's already starting to creep up. I see him at about 13.9% over here on FanDuel. So talk to me a little bit about this game. I know you're you're, you're trying to play a little contrarian. With Kenny Galladay out, does that change the way you were going to play this game a little bit? Yeah, yeah. the total went down. I love the over so Wednesday. I guess we should always put a disclaimer like um, <laughs> with injuries and stuff. It's going to change throughout the week. Obviously, it, that was one of my favorite bets on the board was the over. Now it looks like it's at 43 flat. So I got a bad number at 44. I may bet. I don't know. It's like I can't even hedge. I'm not going to bet under 43. (laughs) So I don't know. And Trubisky's ownership went up to 5%. He was zero on Wednesday. So maybe people People all listen to our show or other people around him too, which makes a lot of sense. He's got a pretty good uh, passing yards prop in Vegas. Like I was expecting something much lower than what they did. And obviously my model had something much higher than what I thought they would come out with. They came out with a good number, so they respect him. This is a good spot for Trubisky. I'm just worried about Detroit. I don't know how they're going to – I mean, Kenny Galladay is just such an asset. So I'm scared now. I loved this game's pace and shooting back and forth and stacking up with both sides. Obviously, Galladay was the main piece of that. Or when Galladay was healthy, Marvin Jones was kind of a sneakier play. Now he's not at all. It's like the sneaky play on the board is Danny Amendola. Like, uh, that's – that's the guy out there that's going to get low ownership outside of Anthony Miller. I love Anthony Miller. This dude will tear up the inside of Detroit's defense, especially if they're playing man. So I like Anthony Miller a ton. I guess Marvin Jones is now cash viable for sure. He's going to be 20% owned and he's 5,500. And when he did play without Galladay, I think the last time it happened was 2017, give or take. I think that was a year I'm 99% sure. I think he had 11 targets a game without Kenny Galladay out there. And one of those games, I believe, is against the Bears. So he is going to be very busy. I think in GPPs, I'm 100% off Marvin Jones. But I think I want to get my exposure to him in cash games just because it's it opens up so much value now because Galladay was like a staple in my cash lineup. And now I can go 2K down to Marvin Jones, give or take, whatever Galladay's price was. Maybe it's just 1K difference. But 
still love Allen Robinson. I still love Anthony Miller. I still think Tariq Cohen is in play for sure. I don't see him having a huge upside. But what do you think about Detroit's running game? Like if Kenny Galladay is out there, the best way to, you know, kind of mm-hmm. protect yourself from such a strong pass rush that the Bears have is run right at him. So is this like is Carry on Johnson a sneaky play? No one's talking about him. It's yeah. The, the thing I, I about Carry on Johnson that that is, it, I think it's very blatant. And you know, they you don't somebody doesn't have to say something for me to understand what they're trying to say. The Lions hate Carry on Johnson. They very, very clearly do not like Carrion Johnson. Drafted him, what, the second round a couple years ago out of Auburn, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he was okay his rookie year, and then he was kind of okay a little bit, kind of hurt. The like, Then they go out and draft DeAndre Swift in the second round, clearly stating we don't believe in Carrion Johnson. And then Adrian Peterson gets cut, and they say, you know what, we really hate Carrion Johnson. Let's go <laughs> sign Adrian Peterson. So... In this first game, I don't know how much run Adrian Peterson can slash will get. I don't know what your model says or if you can really account for something. Someone just kind of yeah, I, I kept everybody like, really low. Like, like what, what are you supposed to do there? But I like I don't know, man. They very clearly do not like carry on Johnson. Now, maybe if there is a game to play him, it's this one because Kenny Galladay is out. We're hoping that he gets healthy in all my season long teams. I think uh, you you really sold me on him. So I grabbed him in three leagues this year. So not looking uh, so hot fine. for week one. I know, but not so hot for week one. But I, I don't know, man. They hate carry on Johnson and they haven't come out and said it, but all of their actions are leading me to believe that. So I'm a little worried to play someone like him. And maybe, I mean, he's super, super low owned. I'm looking over here on FanDuel. Carry on Johnson, 1.6% owned. Granted, his fantasy points number is about seven. So they're not really too excited about him either. But it's, um, I don't know, man. I, I would stay away from this rushing attack. I, I don't even think DeAndre Swift is that good. So I, I, will, I will wait to see once he comes back to kind of see what that timeshare looks like because there's going to be some sort of, you know, RB running back by committee bullshit. So, yeah, keep keep an eye on our model because right now I had Kenny or uh, all week I had Kenny Galladay projected for 26% of the target share, which isn't that crazy. I mean, Will, I mean, it's, it's high, don't get me wrong, but Will Fuller just got like 32% on Thursday. And if you got Will Fuller, I know we were touting him all summer long of just the value on him and the ceiling. Now it looks like Kenny or uh, uh, Will Fuller's got a floor. Like he's got a, a high floor in, mm-hmm. in PPR leagues. Who would have thought that? So that was great well, to see. Until he gets hurt, though. Like, let's not. True. Let's yeah, not enjoy the three games you have with him. Exactly. Those games are going to be awesome. And he'll have the 250 three touchdown game in a couple weeks. And then that's pretty much his season. So, but it's so here, this here's one's going to be a weird one. Here's a quick thing on Detroit, though. So I need to reestablish 26% of the pass plays. Obviously, I'm going to give Marvin Jones a good bump up, but I already had him at 19% market share, which I think was a little high than most people out there. And obviously, the, this model's I think, better than anybody's out there, and it's going to take a stand on some players. But the beneficiaries right now, and it's kind of disgusting, it is going to be Danny Amendola a little bit, but I think... TJ Hawkinson Mm -hmm. may be a very solid GPP play this week. His ownership's going to be under 10%. And I think when, um, I mean, both times he played the Bears, I think he had seven targets each game. So that was with Galladay out there. Without him, they're certainly going to need Hawkinson in the red zone because everybody knows the ball's going to Marvin Jones in the red zone. That's what he's done even with Galladay out there. So the, the Bears will certainly scheme for that. I don't know how they can cover Hawkinson if he's 100% healthy like they're saying he is. He is a freak athlete. 
I never said I would play. I never thought I would play Hawkinson, but now like when I have to rewrite this, this model a little bit, just on the target shares and that, what everything else kind of automate itself, it's going to like Hawkinson and it's going to appreciate Danny Amendola. I don't think Danny Amendola has GPP winning upside. I certainly think Hawkinson does. I'll get into a little bit with more of that tomorrow morning when I actually mm-hmm. have the new projection for Hawkinson, but I'm just telling you right now, it's going to be a solid play for GPPs. And then the Bears, same thing. I, I think you could use Jimmy Graham too if you wanted to, just because no one's going to use him. He's super cheap. What is he? He's 3800 Obviously, I would rather go to Jack Doyle at 3600 because mm-hmm. that's just a terrible price for a better tight end. But, I got Jimmy Graham at 5K over here on FanDuel. That's pretty cheap too. I think Doyle's right around there. He may be a little bit more on FanDuel because they obviously kept an eye on pricing a little bit yeah. better. But th- that would be my GPP like big, big punt. Jimmy Graham, I don't think I want to use him at all just because the volume's not going to be there. And I hate to be touchdown reliant, but that that's enough of this game. I still do like Trubisky in the stack that I was talking about earlier. It's just obviously not nearly as sexy with uh, Kenny Galladay out because the pace of this game could kind of drop a little bit. And that's Last question, David Montgomery. He, uh, he's technically questionable right now. Um, he hurt his groin earlier on camp, and pretty much there everyone said, hey, it's going to be like four weeks. It's only been like two and a half weeks, I think, at this point. So are you... Any, are, you, are you just waiting up to lock in if he is healthy? Let's say he is active. Are you going to play him? Because his ownership is probably going to be super, super low. No, I won't touch him in DFS. Um, maybe for season long. I don't know who you have on your bench, but I mean, yeah. there's probably some teams out there that A, have Galladay, B, have Montgomery, potentially have Cortland Sutton on that too. I have Sutton and Evans on a team. I think now you said Evans is upgraded, mm-hmm. so that helps, but there's like obviously there's so many fantasy teams out there. Somebody got dealt this shitty mm-hmm. hand and has the the four questionable guys. So I, I have think Holiday and Sutton in one league. That's fun. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think in season long you probably got to go with David Montgomery. He's gonna play. He said he was a full participant yesterday, so he should be good to go. I mean, quote unquote, good to go. But mm-hmm. it, it just it means a lot to the Bears offense just to have him out there, whether it's a decoy or not. You have to respect the run a little bit if he's out there. I know they sucked on the ground last year, but. It should be a new um, zone scheme this year. Uh, keep an eye out for that, so that should be fun. But I don't know. Yeah, don't, definitely don't play him in DFS. But mm-hmm. if you're one of those teams that's just dealt a shit sandwich to start with all these question marks, you probably have to play him just because he's going to play the other. And you got to wait till Monday night for Cortland Sutton. So. Yeah, yeah. so you kind of – and he's the late Monday night game, so I'm pretty yeah. much already benching him. It's pretty unfortunate. So let's move on to this Seattle-Atlanta game. We have a 49 49- over under for the team totals uh seattle by three points with an implied total of 26 for them talk to me about this game everyone's saying this one's going to be a shootout should be a lot of fun i'm assuming it's going to be pretty chalky for a lot of dfs lineups what do you like here uh russell wilson's ownership went down from 15 to under 10 i don't believe that at all he's got to be the chalk quarterback Uh, matt ryan's right around the same spot this game's gonna be awesome this should shoot out I don't think these defenses can do a whole lot. I do respect Seattle's defense. Obviously, I want to see uh, Jamal Adams out there. That's going to be pretty fun for the safety they just picked up. And then their cornerbacks, uh, Griffin and um, I don't know. I can't even think of the other guy right now, but I should know that off the top of my head. I'm sorry about that, guys. But, yeah, I, I do like Seattle's defense a lot more, so I'd rather go to Russell Wilson. I thought the whole public would say the same thing, but his ownership doesn't look too crazy. But this is a game you definitely want to stack up in DFS for sure. 
where where do you where do you want to go for that? Which which are you are you going a little Tyler Lockett? Are you going Julio Jones? I mean, those guys are a little over, a little expensive. Tyler Lockett's ownership over here on FanDuel looks like about fifteen and a half right now. So how about DK Metcalf? Yeah, he's Let's- super popular. Metcalf is going against who has he got here? Most likely Isaiah Oliver. That's a problem. And then Lockett's probably going to get that new rookie that Atlanta drafted. So oh yeah, um. That should be fun. I like. I, I love both of these guys. I'm going to have a ton of shares of both. I'm not going to use any Greg Olson. I'll tell you that right now. Um, yeah, AJ Terrell, the that uh, new quarter mm-hmm. that Atlanta drafted. I think he'll get Tyler Lockett. I think I like Lockett more, and the ownership is down on Lockett compared to DK Metcalf's. But Metcalf's price is so cheap. Mm-hmm. I think lock Metcalf into cash games for sure, and he's definitely got GPP upside. Sometimes you just got to eat good chalk. I think Metcalf is certainly that. Julio Jones around 10% ownership. That's very interesting to me. I think Ridley's in a really good spot too because these, like, okay, corners are good, but they're not world beaters. You know, like, there's Ridley and Julio Jones are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You know, top 10, top 15, arguably now, like, the Ridley steam is going crazy high, but he is such a good route runner. He's got a really good, you know, vibe with uh, Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. so does julio so i like both these guys i'm gonna get a ton of julio a ton of kelvin ridley a ton of this game the guy i will be fading is hayden hurst he's starting to blow up on chalk i did like his projection a lot but jamal adams is out there too like it's not a great matchup like people are looking at fantasy points against last year seattle was bad against the tight end but they obviously addressed that with williams and uh ooh, they got another guy too huh? i need more coffee this morning but yeah. <laughs> it's okay people are appreciating the information and again make sure to check out the win daily sports live stream 11 o'clock eastern of course 10 o'clock central as everybody you know on the earth we go by central time here uh make sure to check that out nick and ghost are going to be breaking it down significantly more especially this game because i think there is a lot to do here sounds like just play everybody um except hayden hurst at this point but yeah I, well, I think though, it, because you've been such a hayden hurst guy all year i guess now once his ownership everyone listened to you man you did it to yourself you did it to yourself <laughs> i wasn't the only guy on hayden hurst so i'm not going to take full credit there it's just such a good offense for a tight end as we saw last year with austin hooper but you got to fade something in the game you can't just play the same exact lineup every everybody he's going to play so for gpps i'm out on hurst i think for cash i'm probably out on hurst too um, but he's his so cheap. I don't care if you use him in cash. It makes perfect sense. I wrote him up in the cash article myself. But Todd Gurley, Chris Carson. No one is talking about Chris Carson. I know Grady Jarrett's back. He's a good run stopper for Atlanta. That defensive line is probably the best it's been. Obviously, week one, they're healthy. But I, I like getting exposure to the running backs. Both of these guys can catch passes, so you can use them with the quarterback. I know people are like, oh, do I just go running back, mm-hmm. running back, or running back and the other team's quarterback wide receiver. I think you need to go, you can go three man stack with Ryan Gurley, Julio, Ryan Gurley, Ridley. You can go Carson Wilson and Lockett or Metcalf. You know, obviously you get what I'm saying there. I like these running backs. It's the highest total game. And both the running backs are on, you know, right around 10% or lower. So usually in high scoring games, running backs score touchdowns because mm-hmm. it's not all coming from the quarterbacks and wide receivers. So I think these guys are incredibly under the radar. Gurley, obviously a little bit risky, but every beat reporter he says he's just flying out there. It could be the, the coach speak we always talk yeah. about, but I like 
getting exposure to these in games that I'm not stacking Wilson or Ryan, I'm going to have a running back or two from this game. Like I, every lineup I have is probably going to have a player in this game. It's the highest total game. I think it's your safest bet for fantasy production. And every lineup you have should have a guy or two on both sides of this ball, because I think it, they'll just be scoring points every single drive. So that's it. a big part wait. of my, my lineup builds tomorrow for sure. I cannot wait. This game is going to be an absolute blast. It's going to be fun, especially seeing Jamal Adams. I guess there's probably not going to be any fans, but I mean, it's in Atlanta, so it doesn't really matter. But it's going to be weird. I don't know. I'm Speaking excited. Fans. I had yeah. no idea Kansas City was going to have fans. Right? Me neither. Not until like to... game time. They're like, yeah, there's going to be like 16,000 people. You're like, whoa, wait a second. What? How did that like, okay. fly under the radar for everybody? Yeah. I like all my friends who like, what? There's fans there? It's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of cool because it didn't seem like a weird game. Like I was waiting for that yeah. awkward sign, like college football. You hear the bench so much. If you watch a college football game, they're all getting riled up. I like that, but it's like you're missing something. It's clearly the crowd noise, but yeah, it was awesome to see Kansas city, get some people in there. So totally. For it, now there was some stuff that went on with those fans, which I'm not a super big fan of, but it is. Yeah, that was shitty. It is. Yeah, and we uh, and we we just move on. So here we go. This is another fun game that you and Sia were really loving. Again, every Tuesday or Wednesday, I think we're going to go with Wednesday. We're doing a podcast that's going to go over all the week one betting lines, see if we can get them early, and tell you if something does move, which way we're going to want to look at it. And this was a good one. Sia is our resident Washington Football Club fan. I, me and Sia, actually are our resident haters of Philadelphia, so that helps a lot too. Talk to me a little bit about this Philadelphia-Washington game because I think I think it looks like Miles Sanders might be out. Um, I'm kind of confused on that. I think one. he's like, supposed to go, isn't he? I I don't know. It's they've been very kind of coy with it. Um, he had a lower body injury, which is awesome because I love hockey injuries. Um, <laughs> he had a lower body injury that he's supposed to be out four weeks, like two weeks before the season started, and now it's like they're kind of being weird about it. I don't think he's going to get full run, even if he is active. So that's something I'd worry about because looking over here at Fanduel, he is at almost fifteen percent owned right now. Um, Same on draft. I'm excited for you to talk about this Antonio Gibson chalk in a second, but Miles Sanders though, are you, are you fading him? Are you running out with him? Cause I don't know, man, that worries me just a little bit. No, I think so for me this week, obviously I love Miles Sanders. He's a stud player. I'm not going to mess with guys that are a going to be running backs. I'm not going to mess with the running backs that are very questionable workload and you know, it could be that decoy role. So there's just so many other good running backs out there. I talked about it. Gurley's relatively the same price as Miles Sanders. There is nobody behind Todd Gurley in Atlanta. Ito Smith, Brian Hill, uh, the other guy with a pretty cool name. Like, those guys aren't going to get on the field. Like, Todd, that's Todd Gurley's game. I would rather just go to that. He is cheaper than Miles Sanders. Chris Carson, relatively the same price, too. Like, uh, maybe Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas come out a little bit, but I think that's Carson's role to lose once he starts fumbling like that like why would you want to roll the dice on a guy that could get one drive and be out for the game because he hurt his leg again like we don't even know what's wrong with his leg that a lower body injury seems like a red flag for a running back that needs their lower body more than anybody besides offensive linemen so (laughs) i don't know yeah long story short i'm not playing guys that are a going to be in a timeshare unless they're super cheap like gibson Mm -hmm. so we'll get to him but Miles Sanders is priced like an RB one and a half, RB two, and I just don't want that when there's healthy guys that are likely not going to leave the field. Like with Miles Sanders, go up five hundred bucks and go get Josh Jacobs. 
that dude yes. will get 20 plus touches. So we'll get to Josh Jacobs. I know your model friggin' loves him, but um, yes, sir. So any anything else from this game? I mean, we know Zach Ertz is pretty much the only receiving threat on the Eagles that has been healthy. Um, now he is a little angry. I don't know if you saw reports. He just came out and said, "I want to be an Eagle for the rest of my career," but it doesn't seem that the Eagles want me there, which is just him just trying to make more money, which I totally respect, dude. <laughs> Go out and get your money. But I don't think that's going to cause a problem. I think that's going to be totally fine. Oh, I, are you just kind of locking him into your cash game lineups at this point? Right now, I see him at 18.5% owned over here on FanDuel. I mean, it's kind of a joke, right? You have to play him at this point, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. He's probably an auto plug. I hope I can get to it. Obviously, Marvin Jones now taking Galladay spot gives me some more salary relief for my main cash build. So I would like to build around Zach Ertz or get down to probably Jack Doyle. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ertz is in a smash spot. It sounds like Jalen Rager is going to play. I would love for people to go just chase him right away. But I mean, Deshaun Jackson, man, Deshaun Jackson cat or uh, chalk week. I know it's wow. a great spot. Whoa. He can burn these corners, but like I cannot. If I lose because Deshaun Jackson goes off, I think I can make peace with that. I'm well, not playing a dude that's 25% owned and as old as he is and as fragile as he is. I know it's a great spot. Wentz could throw a great deep ball. I'm not in on Deshaun Jackson. I know everybody else is. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I think he what he played only a couple games last season and in the first game of the year went completely off on yeah. the uh on the redskins uh when they yeah. were the redskins at least so that was really the only that was it though i'm pretty that's confident. what i'm scared of history's so against like, me here though it's like sammy Watkins week one deshaun jackson too is fully healthy he's gonna run that four four speed bombs away oh, just that's what i'll hate especially if it happens early if he catches a 60 yard touchdown early like i'm mm-hmm. just gonna start drinking oh yeah <laughs> yeah here, here is here are the stat lines for deshaun jackson last season week one against the redskins eight receptions 154 yards two touchdowns Fuck. he started week two and immediately got hurt so he came out of the game played looks like one snap in week nine and had one catch for five yards. So his entire season last year was against the Redskins in one game. So uh, yeah, it is worrisome, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think someone's getting burnt, but Josh Norman's not there anymore. I don't think, I think he torched Josh Norman a couple times last year. So you don't have anything to worry about there at least. Right? No, it's yeah. Ronald Darby. The guy I like to pick on the most. That's Ronald Darby's who, on the Redskins now? Yeah, he just flips oh, no. Is oh, it a revenge no. game for Ronald Darby? He shuts down DJ. I, I'm rooting for Darby this week. Oh, uh, then the, I think it's uh, Moreau, and then they got Kendall Fuller from the Chiefs, who yeah. all are really, really bad. Uh, yeah, man, I hope it doesn't kill me, but that's my stance, guys. I wouldn't necessarily advise it. You'd probably want some Deshaun Jackson just because the week one. Mm-hmm. Stat that he just said, it's the same situation with a worse secondary than it was last year. Just pray the Washington pass rush gets to Carson Wentz before yes. he can unload that deep ball. That's what I'm going to bank on just because I'm not playing a guy with his caliber or lack of caliber and Deshaun Jackson at 25% ownership. Can't do it. I respect that. And one last thing of note from this game, non-fantasy, it looks like the line moved a little bit. We're now at five and a half to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is favored i think when we when we had our show on wednesday it was six and a half how do you feel about that line movement what is that does that you know rally your bones a little bit yeah we got a great number so we're gonna have good closing line value on washington 
And that's uh, yeah, we got. I, if you were looking to bet this game, I don't think you should anymore. The, you kind of missed the price. That's why I, I do think there's very good value in listening to our Wednesday show. But there's also some volatility as well because Kenny Galladay's out, and I know Sia loves Detroit, and that probably changes his mindset a little bit. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like, how's Washington going to score? Terry McLaurin, I think he can definitely like. So I, okay, I talked about this to uh, one of our old fantasy buddies. We'll leave it at that. And he was all about, you know, like I'm anti Terry McLaurin because Darius Slade's going to shadow. Like Jim Schwartz does not, he's a stubborn dude. He doesn't shadow, he doesn't have quarterback sh- or cornerback shadow at all. So, like, when you, people say that, like, kind of get, get educated on it though a little bit, guys, like, look into it. It's just because he's a number one corner doesn't mean he is going to shadow. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes they're a number one corner because they know how to play their side. Like, you know, some guys, Derek Zoolander, he couldn't turn right, you know, like maybe Darius Slay, he's he's better just, you know, turning to his left if he plays the left side of the field on his side. So, you know, it's a terrible example, but I like that example. (laughs) I I absolutely love that example. I was going to go with Richard Sherman um, when, you know, he only (laughs) plays one side of the field. But if we do, I think I think I'm not too angry about it there. And just the last um, last thing of note, uh, Antonio Gibson, another chalk week. Every yeah, he was right. getting drafted super high in leagues once. Uh, Darius Geis obviously well, he had some shit go down. Don't really need to talk about that there. They then cut and um, Adrian Peterson, which was kind of weird, but I guess they kind of just said whatever. Why even bother at this point? How do you feel about Antonio Gibson Chalk Week? Um, I'm gonna eat it in cash games. He's gonna be forty percent owned in cash board. games probably. Every so time someone does eat it, just want to like nom 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 nom. <laughs> Eating chalk does not taste good. I did it in high school once because a uh, science teacher said it is literally unflavored Tums. Like Tums yeah. is chalk. Yeah. So I ate a regular piece of chalk. It wasn't that bad. It's just really dry. Tums, um, sponsor the show. Yeah, we should get Tums out there at them. Um, yeah, Gibson, I think it's fine in GPPs too if it helps your build, but you have to get different if you're using him in GPPs. You can't just be playing all these chalk guys. So you can't you go like Metcalf. Wilson, Antonio Gibson, and Hayden Hurst on the other side of the Seattle team. Like, that is just way too chalky. Everybody's going to have that lineup. So, for me, I'm probably not using Gibson at all in GPPs just because I don't see the workload there. Like, what do I have him projected for? It's not even much. I think he's going to do most of his work in the receiving game because you can definitely beat Philly's linebackers that way. And he's such a talented player, Antonio Gibson. He's probably more of a receiver than he is a running back. Uh, yeah, I got him for 13% of the target share, so just about three catches and only 40% of the carries, and that's probably too high. So I, I do like Gibson just for the price and for cash games. If he doesn't do shit, it doesn't matter because everybody's going to have him in cash games, so that's where I like him there. But if he doesn't do shit and everybody has him in GPPs and you don't, 25 30% of the field could be eliminated on an Antonio Gibson du- or a dud. So instead of... let's use that example because I think this is a really good teaching point. If someone's 30% owned and let's, okay, even better. Oh, let's start with, I'm going to jump in the gun here. Yeah. 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 If he's 30% owned and he doesn't do anything, damn near half the field of a GPP is eliminated. And most of the GPPs I recommend pay out the top 22% of the field. If 30% of the field's out, you kind of made a GPP, a cash game. Now, Mm -hmm. like you just need to get ahead of, 58, 60% of the field. So not necessarily a double up, but all you need to do is beat half the field. If one guy that is super chalky lays an egg. So here's the situation I really love. I know a lot of people are going to use Gibson on one side 
and Deshaun Jackson on the other. That is two guys together that equate for 60% combined aggregate ownership. If they both lay an egg, we are going to make a lot of money by fading that, and I'm fading them both in GPPs. I'll have some Gibson in GPPs just because it helps my build get some you know top-tier players, but I will not be using Gibson and Deshaun Jackson together. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do that. I'm just saying the expected edge over the field, if they do lay an egg, is such a good path to success. They could both go off. Be aware of that, obviously. These are two explosive players. They can go off, so you make your own decision, but I'm just giving you the numbers there of if they're combined 60% ownership and they both lay an egg and you don't have them, you just have a huge edge on the field, and I am all about building it that way in week one because you have to take chances early in the season. you got to take chances, and we're here to make you money, and we have to take a stance, and we say fade them because 60% is a huge number. Just don't play them together, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah that's how we make money. Uh, let's move on to this Miami New England game. Um, just looking at the quarterbacks now. Cam Newton only over here on FanDuel, only five percent owned. Honestly, that is a little shocking to me. I thought people would be a little bit heavier on him, especially against this Miami team that wasn't that great last year. Obviously, improved through the draft, through pretty much picking off New England's half of their defense. It feels like. And then the other side is New England lost about six starters, I think, throughout their team just for opt-outs alone, which I think was the most by far. How do you feel about this Miami-New England game, and, and especially that Cam Newton ownership? That seems weirdly low to me. Yeah, um, the model loves Cam Newton, and I am not a Cam Newton guy. I, I like I get him in season long as like a QB2 for the upside, but Miami's defense is bad. Mm-hmm. I know people think they got better. They yeah, definitely got better. Like They better. certainly addressed. Like They're trying to be a good team, but C has been saying it every single show. He's not a fan of the Dolphins this year. He thinks they could start putting it together mm-hmm. next year. The year after that, obviously, once two is out there, they have really good offensive weapons on the outside and the inside with Jaseki. But um, yeah, I, I love Cam Newton, especially at this ownership. I think it's a little volatile to play him just because we don't know. He's such an inaccurate passer, but it's been a long time since we've seen him healthy. Apparently, his shoulder's good to go. I mean, you see his workout videos. The dude is just an athletic freak. And I, I think just simplify this one trust Josh McDaniels. Like he's a very good offensive coordinator. He's going to put Cam in a in you know some sort of setup to succeed. I just don't know who to pair him with. I think you could run naked Cam. I do like Cam a lot. I even put him in the cash game as like an honorable mention guy, someone that if you need the you know the savings from a Russell Wilson or whatever, someone higher price, you can go down to him. Or if you don't want, don't trust Trubisky or Garoppolo now that every single receiver he has seems to be hurt. Go up to Cam Newton. He's, he's right there at 6,100 on DraftKings. He is going to give you some rushing upside. I don't think I want to play him with Edelman. I don't see the GPP upside with Edelman. It's just like Edelman's success was that Tom Brady knew every single step that Edelman was ever going to take. He never you know, underthrew Edelman. He always knew where he was. I think I want to go to Nikhil Harry. Is that crazy? I yes. think like Cam's deep ball is not bad. And I just kind of look at Nikhil Harry as a much better player but much better athlete and player than kelvin benjamin remember him <laughs> yes. cam newton had some really good games with benjamin and funchess those big body receivers and funchess obviously a little faster than benjamin Nikhil harry's kind of a hybrid of both those two and just much better yeah. so i think Nikhil harry is in a really good spot i got it projected for five catches 
Um, the model is going to run an update, I think, this afternoon. This is Saturday, so Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. So be back to check that out. But no one's talking about Harry. I don't want to play James White. He's safe, you know, if you need him. Like, he's not priced safe, though. He's 6K. So it's like if he was 45 or 5,500 like it was last year, he's fine for cash games. Definitely not playing Michelle. But I think my favorite way to go in this game, I don't think I'm going to use any Miami. I do. The model loves Preston Williams. I'm trying to throttle him down a little bit just because I'm you scared of the new thing. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't think. Oh, man, like that's a hard thing with Miami. I honestly think the way to run it back with Cam and Harry or Cam and whatever receiver you trust, I think it's Harry, and I hope I gave you a good reason why. Um, Stephon Gilmore's likely to see Parker. JC Jackson is really good too for New England, young guy there. I think Preston, you know, he's wearing a knee wrap all year or all uh, spring tra- spring training. Yeah, spring training. Uh, yeah, I you know you. you're I mean. good. You're good. You're good. I need more coffee. Early, but, early, uh, yeah, so I don't know if I want to bank in Preston, Preston Williams right now. I think it is a good matchup for him, especially if New England's throwing a, or uh, scoring a lot because then Miami's got to go. But I like Matt Breida on the other side of Cam and Harry. That is my Patriot stack that I like the most. You could use Edelman, sure. I don't just don't see the upside. Harry's the guy that's going to get two touchdowns. That he's that type of player, so that's what I want to go with. I, if Miami's chasing points, I see Breida just getting a lot of work. I mean, Miami, especially the games last year against New England, they threw to the running back a ton. Like one of those games, Patrick Laird did like five or six catches. That guy's awful. Yes. Miles Gaskin had like three catches. I've always liked Miles Gaskin. I don't. Yeah. Washington don't know why he legend. doesn't get any run, but well, because he's not that good. But Washington legend, uh, baby, Washington <laughs> legend. Um, yeah, this game is weird for me. Uh, I don't really want to touch too much of it. I always, always, always fade New England running backs because you never know which one it's going to be. I mean, hell, it could be Rex Burkhead. He's still there. Why not yeah, him? Right. So backs. it's one of those things where I always just pretty much refuse to uh, even pay attention to them. I think Breed is an interesting call. He is super, then, super low owned, under one percent. So I mean, the opportunity. Jordan Howard's under one percent too over here on Fan as well so hey man you never know that's how you win money know who the other guy is though you, you obviously know i didn't i feel like i didn't even need to talk about it guys but mike jacecki against these new england yeah. linebackers if you don't trust brita which i don't blame you for not trusting him because i said earlier we don't want to use these running backs in a timeshare so it's more so the brita price and just like a game stack gpp thing but mike jacecki great gpp tight end this week especially if you go cam and somebody on the one side or just naked cam whatever you want to do that's really all I want for this game. Brita, Jacecki, potentially Preston Williams. Keep an eye out for the article in the live stream tomorrow. I will have a full go on what I want to do with that game. But that's pretty much it for this. Uh, Patriots defense, sure, you could use them. Um, I don't use still, them with him. So I know they're good still, obviously, but okay. there's no way they can do what they did last year considering they lost Patrick Chung. They lost Kyle Van Noy. Uh, who else? They lost... Um, uh Dante Hightower like they lost like yeah. half of their defense so I, I understand I know they're still going to be good but they're not going to be that good anymore so I mean I say that of course you know biting my tongue and you know kind of crossing my fingers and all my toes too but we'll see yeah, Patriots happens. defense is 15 percent owned I will never oh, play a popular shit. defense get yeah, out no yeah, get out no use thanks. them in cash if you want to great cash defense but yeah tournament you do not need to chase a 15 percent owned defense ever well what the hell do people I don't know 
What do people know? That's why we have you, Nick. That's why we have you. We are going over all of these games. We have another, I think, seven to get through. This is going to be a good one. We're hoping everybody's enjoying it. And again, don't forget, we're going to have the live stream Sunday morning, 11 o'clock Eastern, 10 Central, because that's the time zone Nick is in. And we will be breaking it all down even more. So let's hop over to this Jets-Buffalo game. Looks like we have about a 39.5 yikes over under. And the Jets are, nope, the Bills, of course, are favored by what looks like six and a half. Um, So Jets suck. I don't think they're going to be good. I'm kind of waiting for Adam Gase. I love living in New York, the the New York City uh, area, because listening to all the callers complain about Adam Gase is hysterical. I absolutely love it. But are you doing anything with this game? Because this doesn't seem like a very fun game for me in in terms of DFS. No, Zach Moss is in play just because his price. I don't think it's, you know, it's more of a cash thing because, again, it's guys that's probably split in time. You don't want to do that in GPPs unless you think Zach Moss could score twice. It's certainly possible. Um, don't want Le'Veon Bell. The only guys I like in this game, I may do one, you know, two sacks with Buffalo just because you never want to write out Josh Allen. The guy could run for two touchdowns and break the slate. He's done it many times. He's pretty low owned this week, so I will have a little bit of him. I'll use them with Diggs, and then I'll use them with John Brown, probably one each. I don't think mm-hmm. both because yeah. they're not a pass-happy offense, so I don't want to tie up two receivers to them because likely two are not going off. Um, Pierre Desir, that's why he's a terrible cornerback for the Jets. Uh, it's going to be a problem if he's tasked to cover Stephon Diggs or John Brown. People forgot about John Brown. Like, Dude, I did he have one DFS game last year without 10 points? Like, John Brown was as safe as they came last year. Obviously, Diggs bumps him down a mm-hmm. bit, but one of those guys could go off in this game. I want nothing to do with the Jets besides Jamison Crowder. Uh, people talk about Chris Herndon. He's 14% owned. Oh, wow. my God. Here we go, baby. Fade him. Fade him. That's insane. Yeah. Why? I he has an like on, one but... snap in the NFL at this point? I don't know. He's certainly talented, but I get the price. But, no, that's not your punt price. Go to Jack Doyle, people. What the doing yeah so crowder only jet only jet i'll ever use he's absolutely destroyed this matchup to ron johnson i talk about him all the time slot corner for buffalo not good um and crowder's just he's got such a good chemistry with uh sam darnold and if they are chasing points like if that digs thing goes true and and they go off or john brown goes off with uh josh allen crowder's in for a big day i think regardless of game flow the floor for crowder will be there Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't again don't love them in GPPs as much unless you're game stacking it and this one goes over the total that's how your lineup will have a path to success I love it but uh, Crowder's in play for for cash but that's about it I don't want to even talk about any of these running backs because we just yeah. there's too many other good guys on the board yeah and uh, just uh, just of note um, we are not doing this live which would have made this a lot cooler but Alvin Kamara signs a five year 75 million dollar extension all and right Alvin Dalvin Cook signs a five-year, $63 million extension. Oh, so no. everybody's signing. There goes your uh, there goes your fun Alexander Madison play. Every dynasty Sorry. league, I drafted yep. Madison. Like I know you all, did. I, all I need to do to run the table in this league for the next couple of years is Dalvin not sign. Well, he uh, they both signed for big money on the same day, which is kind Good of for them. You don't see that. Oh, I'm I hope they make all the money in the world. They deserve it, man. They deserve it. So that's just a little bit of uh, not quite breaking news because once you listen to this, uh, you will have known for probably a few hours at this point. But let's move on. We have our Las Vegas Raiders against the Carolina Panthers. The Teddy Bridgewater led Carolina Panthers. This game looks like it's a 47 and a half total with the Vegas Raiders being 
uh, favored by two and a half points. And if I'm not mistaken, it opened as a pick them or it might have opened minus one to Carolina. We were talking about it on the show Wednesday night. How do you feel? I mean, let's just start Josh Jacobs play him. All right. That was easy. Christian McCaffrey play him right now. I'm looking at both of these guys on FanDuel. Christian McCaffrey is 33% owned. Josh Jacobs is 28% owned. So seems like uh, some pretty easy cash game plugs. If you ask. Yeah, me. absolutely. I, I don't need to know, you know, Michael and I don't need to tell you to play Christian McCaffrey. That's easy. If you want to do it, do it. I personally am going to be off him this week on DraftKings just because I like so many other higher tier players. I don't really want to take a shot on a bunch of cheap wide receivers. There's definitely some I do, but not like a whole lineup full of cheapies. And that's kind of what you have to do with McCaffrey. Uh, Josh Jacobs is the chalk I will eat this week for sure. He could be 50% owned. I'm going to have more than that of him. Um, I won't go 100% just because if he gets hurt, that sucks. Like my Sunday would be over pretty quick. But yeah, I think he's the best play on the board at the running back position for the price um i you know what this is where i'm starting to lean to i'm having trouble if i think this game's going to be outpaced or not all week i thought it would now i'm kind of there's a lot of injuries um especially i mean carolina's defense is just so 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 bad so i think vegas should score at will and the guy that every single person their mother brother Sister, uncles, aunts, everybody was on all year long, and now they don't want a piece of them as DJ Moore. I wanted nothing to do with drafting DJ Moore, Mm -mm. but this is a perfect spot to buy DJ Moore. I didn't want him in season long, but I'll take my shots at DFS. He's going to be under 10% owned, but he's everybody's top 15 wide receiver and the number one value, everybody's breakout article. Where the hell are you guys today? Yeah. Where where are we? Why aren't we playing them if if we love him so much in a game that they should be chasing points? And he's going to get a lot of Lamarcus Joyner and Trayvon Mullen who suck, and then a rookie cornerback on the other side. And Arnett, I think, is the guy they got there. But <laughs> where where are you guys now? Trayvon Mullen is I love picking on that dude. I used to write him up every single weekend. Whoever is going against him. Give me Josh Jacobs in a lineup, and then every other single lineup, I'm going with DJ Moore. You could definitely use Curtis Samuel as well because it's the, you know these Las Vegas Raiders corners are not going to shadow, so they're everybody's going to get their pecking order at Mullen. And um, yeah, it's it's just a really good spot to why I, you know I don't get it in the Marcus Joiner. Yeah, I, he's probably even worse than Mullen. This is I love it. Like DJ Moore, he will be in the GPP article. It just doesn't make any sense that everybody's so high on him. And then now when you got to pay for him, no one wants to do it. So I faded him in every single league, every single league. I just let him keep going down the board, keep going down the board, keep going down the board. I don't want any of it. Um, Teddy Bridgewater at 4% owned. I know it's not that high. Is that weird? We haven't really seen the dude play in what feels like four years. The model likes him, and I yeah. I tried to throttle him down. So I was like, oh, stop! Don't give me that number for him, and it, it doesn't go down that much. Uh, so he's safe. He's not going to throw the ball away. He's going to get you, you know, fourteen plus fantasy points. Isn't that much? But it's like if you're yep. the rest of your lineup's awesome, you can exactly. do that. I don't want him, but it's fine to stack with Curtis Samuel or, um, I mean, you can go Bridgewater, McCaffrey, and one of these receivers if you want. 59 yeah i mean i I think bridgewater's kind of in play man i mean considering mccaffrey right like he's gonna throw the ball to christian mccaffrey and christian mccaffrey has the chance to take it to the house pretty much every play good chance he might got not maybe not good chance but there is a chance he goes 100 100 
and a hundred of those Teddy Bridgewater gets credit for, right? So, and the touchdown there, I think that's where Teddy Bridgewater gets the most opportunity is him dumping the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and letting him do his thing and letting him take it into the end zone. So it's really, you know, it's a half a yard throw that turns into, you know, an 18 yard touchdown pass for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Some yeah so the, so. the average depth of target or lack thereof with Teddy Bridgewater kind of gets eliminated with all these mm-hmm. weapons that they have because Curtis Samuel fast as hell, DJ Moore fast as hell, Christian McCaffrey, obviously explosive as hell. So he could check down and, you know, run little, uh, drag routes and everything with, uh, Curtis Samuel, and then, you know, cut routes with more because he's just such a good route runner. And they can take him to the house, kind of like Odell Beckham. He never really catches a go route. It's like always those quick slants. Yep. He just burns the safeties up the middle. He's gone. Like, these guys can do that. Um, Here's a good pivot. For all those people that are smoking crazy weed and loving Chris Herndon. No, no, like, whatever they're smoking, I'll take some too. But why the hell is Chris Herndon 15% owned and Ian Thomas is zero? Same price. Guy's going to be on the field all the time. He is a proven pass catcher. They're playing catch-up in this game. Ian Thomas is a great pivot. I don't really like him anywhere else but a GPP or a game stack, so I will have some Ian Thomas. And the Waller, Ruggs, Brian Edwards on the other side too. I'd rather just use Josh Jacobs and not really play the which rookie wide receiver goes off for Las Mm -hmm. Vegas, but one of them is going to go off. Carolina's secondary is awful. So that's kind of, you know, if you guys, anybody from Vegas out there or something like that, if they got a better read on who's going to go off, I think Ruggs is the higher floor, Edwards the higher ceiling, because I do love Brian Edwards. I know C has been talking about him too. He said Ruggs and Edwards are definitely in play. I will never use both of them together this week, but it's a pretty sneaky game and a lot of good options. Um, Ian Thomas and is really opening my eye a lot right now especially at that ownership. If it's everybody's going to use Chris Herndon, mm-hmm. I will, uh, I'll definitely get some exposure to Ian Thomas, but we can go to another game. I will definitely talk about both these teams tomorrow in greater detail because I'm, I'm going to have some interest here. I love it. Let's yeah, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have the over under at 45. We have the Colts favored by what looks like eight and a half points. I think that went up. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think it was no, I think it was at eight when we saw it on Wednesday. It might yeah, have it by a little bit. So um now it's up to eight and a half. Uh I don't know, man. Are you playing? I know you're all about the Marlon Mack over on the rushing total, but is that enough to want to play him in a GPP? I see Marlon Mack here on FanDuel at least is at 1.7% owned. Jonathan Taylor six percent owned so clearly the public is believing in jonathan Taylor a little bit more you also get a nice salary savings about 7k i'm sorry 700 over here on fanduel um how do you feel about this game is there anywhere to go are you going to take a shot on a, a dj chark are you going to see if um you know jack doyle maybe we all know p riv loves 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 those tight ends oh, I, love, I love doyle um I think Mac, um, I love him. Projection model loves him, but it's a much better play for FanDuel, especially at that ownership that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. because he is a red zone dude. He's going to get a touchdown in this game, maybe two. I, I got him projected for like 71 and one touchdown. And then maybe we see Jonathan Taylor in the second half, assuming this game gets out of hand. But yeah, Jack Doyle, love him. I'm not going to use anybody else in DraftKings besides Jack Doyle. Maybe a little bit of T.Y. Hilton. I'm not sure. I thought his ownership would be a lot higher. Um but give me all the DJ Chark I can. I think that he's going to get 12-plus targets in this game, which is pretty bullish. But, yeah, Trey Herndon's on T.Y. Hilton. That's a problem. 
So you could use T.Y. Hilton. I don't think you necessarily need to use Phillip Rivers. But no one's going to play Phillip Rivers if you want to stack mm-hmm. Hilton Doyle Rivers. That's really good. And then just get Chark on the other side because Chark is going to eat in this matchup. He's got Rocky Asin and uh, Xavier Rhodes. Both cannot, oh, cannot keep Rhodes. up with DJ Chark. Mm. Model loves Chark. And uh, let me get an ownership projection on Shark. Where is Shark? It's pretty low. Yeah, under Shark 10. And, yeah, Shark and T.Y. Hilton right now are both a little over 8% here on FanDuel. So. Yeah, I think all those Galladay lineups I had, they were relatively close in price. I'm going to Shark. He is who will be in the, D, uh, the, the DJ Shark article, the GPP article. And that's about it. Doyle, Shark. I want nothing to do with Jacksonville outside of Shark. Don't play anybody else. There's no reason to. If anybody else goes off in Jacksonville, no one will have them. Don't mm-hmm. do it. No need to go with LaVisca or Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, Didi. No sex appeal there at all. Chark is their guy. I'm not touching these running backs in Jacksonville. And on DraftKings, I'm not touching these timeshares. But FanDuel, I think there's a ton of value in Marlon Mack there for sure. I think so too, and I'm excited to win that bet. Uh, nice and early Sunday afternoon. So yes, sir. let's First move quarter. on. Yes, hopefully. Cross my fingers. I don't want to sweat too long. Let's take a look at your Green Bay Packers against the Minnesota Vikings. It looks like we have a total of 45 again with the Vikings favored by two and a half. So it was three. That number then came down. So I guess either that's a lot of public or some sharps. I do think Minnesota, uh, their defense isn't going to be what it has been. They have had a significant amount of turnover. They pretty much lost their entire secondary, starting secondary, to other teams, traded them away, let them walk in free agency. They drafted 12 rookies are now on their team, uh, not including any of the undrafted guys that they kept on their team. So I think the team is very young. I think Kirk Cousins is still very mediocre. He just keeps making money and good for him. So I have to ask, currently Jordan Love at 6K, 0% owned. I mean, Nick, how do you feel about it? We saw Aaron Rodgers accidentally break his collarbone a couple years ago in this game. I mean, why not, right? Let's throw the guy out there, see what happens. All right. And Daniel Hunter's out too for yeah, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Here is my favorite GPP stack of the week. It is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Everybody's going to play Devontae Adams. You need to. He's, mm-hmm. again, it's kind of like Jacobs. It's chalk. You probably have to eat. I'm okay with using both of them in the same lineup because it's probably going to be around 40 or 50. But Devontae Adams is a smash play. Deshaun Jackson, not a smash play. He's a boomer bust. Devontae Adams is going to get you 15 points. My model absolutely loves Aaron Rodgers and the game it compared it to because, I've, like I said, I've back-tested everything for three years. The grading that this game gave Aaron Rodgers is like 2% better than Week 7 last year when he went up against the Oakland Raiders. Let me pull up this box score. This is what it's grading. It's grading Minnesota's secondary – Mm-hmm. As bad as Trayvon Mullen and ah. this Raiders secondary was last year. And let's pull up this game for Aaron Rodgers. 25 completions, 429 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Aaron Rodgers is 4% owned. It's going to be a big, big game for Rodgers. I'm just trying to figure – I mean, Aaron Jones loves playing Minnesota. He's gone for over 100 yep. yards both games. I think he scored a common shit ton of touchdowns in that matchup, maybe three or four. Why is nobody – I mean, I know everybody's down on Aaron Rodgers in season long. I get it, but it's the public just thinks Minnesota's a really good defense, right? Like, that's all it is. I get it. Like, they have been for – 
the last 10 years, it's like not a defense you just want to go pick on, but it is this year. And that's what is really cool about the data collection that I've done for the last six months is it kind of audit. Like I could just go do like a V lookup and like, when was the last time Rogers was graded this high pre-match and it was Oakland last year and he went off. So I trust it. I am just going to be so pissed if LaFleur gives Jamal Williams a big role in this offense and pulls Aaron Jones out for pass catching roles. Aaron Jones is a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't tell me he resigned when Dalvin and Kamara did. So not yet. If, if they're going to let Aaron Jones walk, run him into the ground this year and use him three downs. No one's playing Aaron Jones either. This is my it's my favorite stack. And I, I've heard so many people in this industry be like, you don't need Rogers because it's only going to Devontae Adams be like, all right, well, I'm sorry, bullshit. My mouth says way different because obviously I'm not going to project him for five touchdowns like he did against Oakland, but he can get in the red zone. Any one of these tight ends, Robert Tanyan, Jay Sternberger, don't play him in DFS, but they could score a touchdown. Like Devontae Adams is not the only facilitator of this offense on the passing side. Lazard, Scantling, any one of those guys could get a deep ball. And, you know, it's points that the field isn't getting because they're only on Devontae Adams. I think Rodgers is a smash play for GPPs. He's safe for cash as well. It's the best graded matchup on the board right now for an offense that throws it over 35 times a game. So I'll leave it at that. Minnesota, I want nothing to do with anybody. Uh, Besides Delvin Cook. Absolutely love Delvin Cook. Yeah. Sorry. The, the Packers rush defense is not the best out there. Uh, Dalvin Cook looks like he's about 17% owned uh, oh, at this point. Oh, model loves him. Yeah, take yeah. it. DraftKings, he's low. I don't get it. He's around 10%. Um, that's got to go up because he is a pass catcher too, and it's Kubiak. Like, that is my favorite stack right there. So if I go Rodgers, Adams, Jones, Dalvin Cook, just to get Minnesota, obviously they need to be moving the ball a lot too. I'm not going to play Thielen. I hate that dude. Mm. And I really like Green Bay's cornerbacks. Um, Irv Smith maybe could get in the end zone here. I could see that happening, but no one's playing him, so I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to chase a 1% owned tight end and hope that that breaks the slate because the volume's not there. Kyle Rudolph is still there in that team. I'm not playing a tight end that has two other tight ends in the offense that could do something. And then just run in the back with one guy in Seattle, one guy in Atlanta, like I said earlier. So you can get Metcalf in that lineup as your, you know, one of your receivers and get Gurley on the other side or whatever you want to do. Get Ridley and Metcalf to go with uh, Devontae Adams as your wide receivers. You got your two running backs there and Aaron Jones and Delvin Cook. That is the way to go if you want to get. It's not even crazy. Like, since when did Aaron Rodgers become all right? Let's get crazy in GPPs and play Aaron Rodgers. Like, what? No, not at all. That's. That sounds amazing yeah. to me, and under two percent. Enjoy it. Yeah, under that'll 2%. be my main lineup instead of the Bears. Now it will be the Packers with Delvin Cook on the other side, and then a sprinkle of Seattle Atlanta is most likely to be my main lineup. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Let's move on to this Los Angeles Chargers game and Cincinnati Bengals. The Chargers are favored by two and a half points. We have an over under of forty two, and Tyrod Taylor is more than two times owned than Aaron Rodgers. So I think that's just something he's over 4%. Aaron Rodgers is under 1%. Again, I understand people think that Minnesota has a very good defense and I'm sure it's still going to be good overall, but they lost their entire secondary. Literally they're bringing back one safety. Xavier Rhodes gone. Trey Wayne's gone. Can't remember. I think Harrison Smith is still there. He's the only guy still there. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else is gone. So you have to understand Aaron Rodgers knows that. And, and yes, I know, 
Minnesota knows that too, but it's, and then Daniil Hunter is also out. So the pass rush definitely took a little hit there. So we'll see what happens. And I don't think Everson Griffin is there anymore, right? Did he leave as well? I think, uh, I don't know why yeah. I know he almost yeah. left and then maybe he's coming back. I yeah, he's with, yeah, dude, he's uh he's with Dallas. I like Dallas. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. Oh, real quick, eighty model. Yes. Um, for you guys that listen to it today, take the over on Rogers two fifty two passing yards. All right, let me uh, give me a second to place that bet, and I will uh, we'll move on. I don't I don't understand that line either. That's stupid. Bad number. I don't care where or why it happens. I just want it to happen, and I just want to make money this weekend, Nick. That's why we're doing this. So Rogers over two fifty two. We have three games left, the four o'clock games. This one starts at 4.05. Then we have four, uh, a couple of 4.20s. We have, as I said, the Chargers in Cincinnati over under of 42. We have the Chargers favored by two and a half, which I think is kind of weird, but that Cincinnati team was pretty damn bad last year. Talk to me a little bit about this game. Is there anywhere maybe to hedge, maybe a little place to find some value? I mean, are you loving Joe Mixon? Our Austin Eckler looks like he's about 25% owned right now. How do you feel about this game? Um, Eckler's fine for cash. I, I think he's all right for GPPs. Los Angeles has a, I mean, Geno Atkins is out for Cincinnati. Good run stopper there. Um, I think Los Angeles has some offensive line injuries as well. I don't necessarily know if that matters as much with how bad Cincinnati's defensive line is going to be tomorrow, but yeah, it's not, it's not the week for Mixon. Usually I, I, I pick this guy right every time when it's his due date. I don't think it's this one. He's going to get a ton of touches. So if you – obviously, I believe in the talent. Everybody should believe in the talent. I don't think we're going to see much Giovanni Bernard at all. So this is another running back that checks that box of never leaving the field. I like uh, – you know, the guy for me, I think, in this game I like the most is – well, two guys, and no one's talking about either of them. is Tyler Boyd and Keenan Allen. I don't think I'm going to eat any Austin Eckler chalk just because I don't see him. I know reports are that he's a, the three down back there. I don't see it. I don't see he's never gotten 16 carries in a game. I don't see this being that game either. Uh, Tyrod, he's safe, I guess. Um, but Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, I'm not going to take a shot on A.J. Green yet. I'll wait and see. And then Hunter Henry. I like Hunter Henry a lot without mm. Mike Williams there. So yeah. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's going to get six plus catches. So if we see a prop on him, I haven't looked at it. I actually fell asleep last night with my laptop open. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as far as I got was the Green Bay Minnesota game when I was doing the 80 mile, like the air on the props or the discrepancies that I have that the props have. So those are the plays I got so far. But yeah, uh, I don't really want to talk about this game a whole lot. I think it will just be fun to watch and see what we get with Joe Burrow, but Chargers defense is pretty stout still. They're going to get in the backfield and make Burrow dump it off a lot. So that's why I do like Boyd. That's why I do. Um, I can't not you know sign off on Mixon. I think he'll get plenty of dump down work too. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I have a hard time handicapping this game, so I really don't want much of it. But I do like Keenan Allen. I do like Tyler Boyd. I can't find receptions for Keenan Allen, so hopefully that yeah, comes out. Probably come out tonight. Yeah, our friends over at Draft, or they just won't do it because Mike Williams hasn't been ruled out yet. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's just a, there's so much volatility in them putting a price out there. Mm-hmm. I get that. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, this one, I know you're gonna have some fun with. We have Arizona in San Francisco. It's actually a little up in the air right now because the air quality is so absolutely awful. Hopefully, everyone out in California on the West Coast, those more wild wildfires. Um, very unfortunate, obviously. Those pictures, not going to lie, look pretty damn cool, a little apocalyptic, kind of like we're on Mars, but obviously wish it was not happening, especially during a pandemic. 
But we have the, it looks like, looks like it's going to happen. Arizona going to San Francisco. San Francisco favored by uh, six and a half points. Um, and the over-under at 48. So it's a nice high total. We'd like to see those there. I know, I know, I know you're very excited about Raheem Mostert. Uh, Kenyon Drake is actually more owned than he is, which I think is kind of interesting. So talk to me a little bit about where you're going with in this Arizona-San Francisco game. Yeah, it sounds like Tevin Coleman is not going to play because he's got the sickle cell trait and the air quality affects that a lot. So that makes Mostert even more sexy. Like I love to have a 330 or 430 Eastern for all you you. Eastern folks. I think the world revolves around New York City. When it doesn't, it revolves around Chicago and Deep Dish. (laughs) Mostert is a a perfect late-day hammer for me. I think that they run all over Arizona. I know Arizona's defense got a lot better than it did last year. Um, Kittle, obviously, you know, t- tight ends against Arizona, but they did bring Simmons in, right? Simmons is the guy that they drafted that safety. Yes, so, Simmons. He should be fun to watch, man. I'm excited. Yeah. So, like, Kittle's not a home run play, but it's George Kittle. Like, anything could happen. Sometimes talent just takes over, and Simmons is a rookie. So, hey, your first task is stop George yeah, Kittle. Right. Good luck. Um, Sorry, but yeah, I mean, Kittle's going to be really busy, especially Debo's been ruled out. I think Ayuk is trying to play. Mm-hmm. He's not 100%, so I don't know. I, I did love Jimmy Garoppolo all week, and then I got to throttle him down a little bit without these receivers. I think they just run hard. We're going to see some McKinnon, and we're going to see some Jeff Wilson. That's why I don't think Mostert is as sexy as I wanted him to be. But as long as Tevin Coleman's out, I will have a ton of Raheem Mostert in GPPs just because all we need is – 15, 16 carries, get in the box one and a half times. You know, that's obviously impossible, but that's like the point average we're looking for, for him to just go off and and be a a relatively low-owned late afternoon hammer. I'm not going to play one guy from Arizona. Um, I think Kyler Murray and this passing offense is certainly in play for GPPs if you want to do that. Like, it's an offense that does play very fast. So there's appeal there, but... To me, I already gave you like the games I really like, and that's yeah. that's my stance. I can't play everybody week one, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm taking a stance on a couple of games that I mentioned earlier. This one, I think, again, just be a really fun one to watch. It's always fun to watch Kyler Murray in this offense play. Be fun to see Simmons cover Kittle. I think that's kind of your investment yeah. is just the uh, the aspect of watching it and see what happens. Hopefully, they play with this air quality. Obviously, it's super yeah. scary out there, and uh, we hope everybody's safe. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, if this game gets canceled too, like, what do you do? You pivot to who? It's because most are so cheap. You're not going. You can't go get Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. You can't get. Um, you can't even pay for Leonard Fournette. So, like, what would your pivot be if if you do rely on Mostert, which I wanted to do until this, you know? But they're going to cancel the game today, right? Wait. Till I would tomorrow. have to assume. I don't think they can wait till tomorrow. I mean, I don't. I mean, it can't I, be like baseball, right? It can't. Yeah. Be, exactly. Yeah, okay. It's so not like you can't be like, we well, we can just have a doubleheader tomorrow. I was like, sorry, guys, that's not how it works. I mean, if anything, we're going to wait till not, first pitch. I lived in Phoenix and then drove to California. Like, you could just hop on a plane unless there's something going on in, as it, it was University of Arizona Stadium. I don't think it is anymore. Maybe like State Farm Field or something. I don't remember what uh, they changed the name to, but I, mean, I don't know. I know it's kind Yeah, of, there's someone in Discord that he's like, why don't they just move to Arizona? It's like, that makes a lot of sense yeah, to me. I mean, but I have to assume nothing is stuff. going on there considering we're not allowed to have a congregation of people over, you know, like 50. So I, I don't know. Hey, that's not my that's not my deal. I'm not a firefighter. I can't say much. A little more West Coast news as we are talking about the NFC West. Looks like Cooper Cup and the Rams are finalizing a three-year extension. So apparently the Rams only need five players uh, on their team and they're <laughs> probably going to have to trade Robert Woods now, or at least just let him walk away, or he's going to have to sign a very team-friendly deal. 
Uh, we know they grabbed a wide receiver in the draft Man. as well. Yes, Mr. Van Jefferson. And just out of curiosity, that Raheem Mostert, um, 52 and a half. How do you feel about that? His prop? Yeah. Um, I, I got. I don't have him projected for much more than that. So All that's right. a, a sit Stay for away, me. baby. And that's why we love this projection model, because we only take the bets we're super confident in. And that's how we make a lot of money, baby. That's how we make David a lot Johnson. of money. David Johnson. And Nick, yep. Oh, dude, you, 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 were, you were afraid of the David Johnson at like 56. And thankfully, it was uh, it worked out, or 51, but it worked out very well. Um, yeah, so on Sunday, I'm assuming Nick's going to have a lot more player props every week. Also, you're going to have a player prop article, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, where we that'll come out tonight, it. too. Tonight, we're going to make a lot of money, everybody. And I can't freaking wait. Um, last game. This is honestly, uh, the Giants don't play it on Monday. So this is probably the game outside of all of the one o'clock games starting at the exact same time. This is the game I'm probably most excited about. As we mentioned before, Alvin Kamara just signed a hefty five year. I think it was $75 million contract. So shout out to him getting paid. Uh, he just needed an epidural in his back, though, which <laughs> yeah. is a little alarming, I think. I don't know. I feel like you don't need an epidural for no reason. Um, and that also means Sia was explaining it to me because he's my resident lawyer, medical device salesman, and just all around great guy. And also handsome. He's also very, very handsome. Yeah, good voice too. Oh, great voice. Good voice. Great voice. Um, but he's got it all. The dude. Some people just have it I'm all. So I'm not jealous. I'm envious, and I, I think everybody understands where I'm coming from with that distinction of words. But with um with that, he was pretty much explaining because again, I don't know too too much about the medical field. If you get an epidural, it means there is a consistent pain, which means it's coming back. An epidural is pretty much just kind of like, hey, let's chill out for a little bit. This pain will be here most likely all season. You don't get an epidural and then start playing football and then you get better. That's mm-hmm. just a little season-long thing. I did grab Alvin Kamara in a couple leagues because you have him at the fourth spot. Who the hell are you supposed to take? I'm not a Dalvin Cook guy. But talk to me a little bit about this game. I mean, how much Tom Brady are you going to play right now? It looks like his ownership is at 5%. Same thing with Drew Brees, about 5%. Are These are the late-night hammers or the late-evening hammers, I guess, uh, you, you Central Coasters like to say. what? Um, talk to me a little bit about this game. How do you feel? I have a hard time figuring I, I don't think I'm going to have anybody. Um, oh, and about, one, last thing, one last thing of note, Mike Evans was upgraded from doubtful to questionable. So all that ownership that was when went to uh, Chris Godwin might be coming off him just a little bit. Because uh, right now I'm seeing Mike Evans as 0% owned here on FanDuel, which is absolutely not going to be the case. And Chris Godwin at almost 20%. So just wanted to, one last thing. Sorry about that. Ooh, yeah, no. Um, obviously, Godwin's a great play with or without Mike Evans. The inside of the field's kind of how you beat new orleans i think uh pj williams is actually getting the bench not starting so he's a backup uh it's about time i don't know how he had a starting role for so long hopefully he collected some checks and he's just chilling now um not gonna play anybody all these secondary receivers on tampa like justin watson and scotty miller people that somehow are talking about them what the hell michael thomas interesting very interesting to me uh tampa Bay's corners are not bad they're young but they're not bad they're obviously going to Michael Thomas destroys Tampa Bay all the time. Like this has to be the key focus and let their defensive line kind of worry about Kamara. But I think Kamara could do a ton of damage in the passing game here. So I do like Kamara, um, but he's pretty high on too. He's looking at around the 18 to 20 range. I, I don't see it ever being that high, but Kamara's probably my favorite play in this game. Obviously not playing Fournette, not playing Ron Jones, not playing Lat Miller, not playing Kashawn Vaughn. We talked about the whole timeshare thing. Wait and see what happens there. What about Gronkowski? I think his ownership's too high. Like it's around 
seven to eight. I figured he'd be like one or two. Like the only way he succeeds is if he scores a touchdown or two. He's not going to be running a ton of routes, just probably red zone packages, I would assume. I um, um just as a note, almost ten percent here on FanDuel for Gronkowski's wow. ownership. So my, I might think be he, he, like he's not a bad play though, because like he he's gonna score a touchdown. He's got yeah. It. Like, it's confident. game one. This Gronk spike's coming. The Tom Brady just running down the field, shaking his head, saying a bunch of curse words, getting pumped up with Gronk. That's got to happen. That's what everybody wants. Perfect game to watch. I think that's my stance on this game. I'm just going to enjoy watching this one too. So, and then I'll have shares of Kamara. I think that's about it. Maybe a little bit of Gronk just for the storyline. Yeah, come on. He is the most likely tight end to score two touchdowns, in my opinion, outside of Kittle. Like, obviously, I like Doyle. I like uh, Ian Thomas a bit. I like Hawkinson. Gronk's got two touchdown ability because he's they're going to get in the red zone a lot, I would assume. And Gronk's going to, like, they're just, they're going to feed. It's, mm-hmm. it, the media wants it. Brady yeah, wants yeah. it. Gronk, well, Arians wants it. Like, everybody wants it. And it's, you're not going to be, it's not easy to cover Gronk. So he's going to touchdown. We'll get touchdown odds on him. And, uh, that's not an 80 mile pick. That's just us being yes, having fun. It's Gronk, mm-hmm. right? Let's go. We have to have fun too. We're here to make money, but you know, we want to have some fun while we're doing it. So yeah, all the other is, bets will win if we lose yeah, a Gronk touchdown. Exactly. And if we win that one, dude, I'll Gronk spike with him. How's that sound? <laughs> you and I will we'll Gronk we'll we'll stone cold our beers and then Gronk spike something. So yeah. this was absolutely fantastic. We went game by game. We gave you a lot of DFS plays. Nick is doing this again tomorrow with our man Ghost as well. Tomorrow morning, eleven o'clock. Eastern, yes, we're going to have all the updated injury news then, at least for those 1 o'clock games, and have at least a good understanding of what's going on for those 4 o'clock games. There's only a couple of them, obviously. We're not super, super high on any of them, uh, really, honestly. So it's mostly going to be a lot of 1 o'clock games and uh, some Raheem Mostert, but that's about it. And we have obviously, yeah. we'll also know if anything's going on with that. We'll see if there's any more contracts because it sounds like the NFL just wants to like start throwing out contracts at this point, which is kind of awesome. So <laughs> let the players get paid. Uh, but this was fantastic. Again, make sure to tune in tomorrow, 11 o'clock Eastern. Nick, where can everybody find you on the internet? Sticks Picks, baby. S-T-I-X-P-I-C-K-S. And yeah, um, I th- hope every, I think everybody's going to get a ton of good information from this. We'll, we'll take some more deeper dives tomorrow and some lesser dives on games that we're just going to completely avoid. But uh, I hope this helps. Start building some lives. It's going to be awesome. Happy football it, season. It's here. It is here. I am at Michael Raziel one. You can also follow us at Win Daily Sports. Make sure to follow us at WinDailySports.com. We have free content. We have paid content. And we have Nick with us here. And make sure, obviously, to get into our expert Discord chat where you can just ask Nick questions directly. Say, hey, how do you like this lineup? And he could say, I would do this, this, or this. Or, hey, man, good luck. You're going to win some money. So look out for more articles today. Look out for the player props. Look out for the GPP stances. And, of course, tomorrow again, for Nick, for myself, for everybody here at Wind Daily Sports, we all hope you make it a very profitable NFL Week 1. <laughs>